Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast for Pharisee Watch and Unheralded News, we're going to visit a topic that we've talked about, of course, is Christian Zionism. And the problem with a lot of Christian Zionists is that they don't even know they are one. And they're everywhere in our churches. And this is an experience I just recently had in my own church from a gentleman, we're going to call him Sam, that had a lesson in our class, and you'll understand when I have Leslie read the story here. But what followed after that lesson, I sent him an email, and it all become clear when we read this. And so at the end, we want to talk about this phenomena, because here we are going to a Bible-believing church, and we're both brothers in Christ, I think, and when you get to this subject, even mentioning Israel in a negative context, it's not something you can even talk about. All right, Leslie, would you please read the email for us? Well, sure. Who would Jesus bomb? A couple of weeks ago, we had a substitute teacher in our Sunday school class. His subject was about things that may seem impossible to us, but are possible to God. He went through a list with appropriate verses. I keyed in to his comment about the need to pray for our leaders. He mentioned John Hagee's call for 40 days of praying before the election. Sam, not his real name, appears to be a genuine follower of Jesus, but I had some nagging questions. Here's the interchange that went on between us. Email from Tom Compton on September 7, 2012 at 6.41 p.m. to Sam. Subject, praying for our elections. Sam, I enjoyed your lesson last Sunday. However, I received mixed messages when you talked about the need to pray for the upcoming election. Certainly, we need to be praying for our leaders in our country. But when you mentioned John Hagee's call for 40 days of prayers before the election, disturbing thoughts came to my mind. You are probably not aware of some of John Hagee's public prayers for war, like the one he made on Benny Hinn's This Is Your Day show before the Gulf War in 2003. On that show, John Hagee prayed for the president to go to war in the name of Jesus, Also, John Hagee has publicly called for a preemptive military attack against Iran to protect Israel. See Bill Moyer's journal, October 7, 2007. Sam, I can't imagine that you would suggest that your fellow Christians should pray for war against Iraq or any other country. The call by John Hagee for 40 days of prayer was made in a proclamation dated February 13, 2012. In that notice, Hagee mentioned the issue of abortion. 
Every follower of Christ should oppose abortion. I find it interesting that John Hagee says he opposes abortion while promoting war. What about Jesus' statement, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5, 9. And just a few verses later, Jesus admonishes us, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16, 17. Praying for war is not an example of being a peacemaker and letting your light shine before others. In today's wars, a larger percentage of the deaths are innocent civilians. We know that in Iraq, there were over one million Christians living there. No doubt there have been deaths and displacements of innocent Iraqi Christians in addition to the estimated one million or more casualties since 1991. John Hagee's stand against abortion doesn't ring true and consistent, in my opinion, when weighed against his bloodthirsty prayers for war. Are we to selectively turn our backs to the suffering of innocent people? Didn't Jesus teach us to love our neighbors as ourselves? And are not our enemies our neighbors too? My neighbor's wife is from Iran, and her mother and sister still live there. I, for one, can't imagine any true follower of Jesus Christ calling or praying for a preemptive strike against Iran. Can you? On September 8, 2012, 12.20 p.m., Sam wrote... Tom, whoa boy, first of all, I never mentioned a word about Israel. I only made a few true statements, except, of course, I had the darn start date wrong. Ha ha. It's to start September 20th, 40 days before the day of election. I mentioned three factual points. One, that there is a 40-day prayer program that I am taking part in, and I believe every person who calls themselves a Christian should want to take a part in. Two, I mentioned who came up with the idea, Hagee. I saw it as an ad on one of the Christian stations on Cox. Three, I gave a biblical verse to support it. That was all I did. Glad you enjoyed my lesson, Sam. Time for lunch. On September 8, 2012, 4.32 p.m., Tom Compton wrote, Sam, I realize that you didn't mention Israel in the lesson. The only reason I mentioned Israel was because you mentioned John Hagee and John Hagee referenced Israel in his war prayer. You've obviously been a diligent student of the Bible, Sam. From your lesson, I felt that you believe strongly that the Bible and the teachings of Jesus have real-life applications, like praying for the upcoming elections. What is a real-life and death question to me is how should I pray about the upcoming election? 
Should I pray that our president go to war against Iran? What I have gathered in my studies of the Bible and the teachings of Jesus is that praying for war is wrong and does not reflect being a peacemaker. Please tell me, Sam, who is right, John Hagee or Jesus? If you think I'm wrong, please tell me how I am wrong. The reason this issue is critical and sensitive to me is because I recently spoke to about a 100 Muslims and a few Christians at a gathering. In my presentation, I showed the clip of John Hagee praying for war in the name of Jesus. I told the audience that as a follower of Jesus Christ, I rejected Hagee's prayer because it violated the teaching of Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers and that most Christians believe the same way. I await your answer. Toward the straight gate, Tom Compton. The next day was church, and I decided to follow up with Sam because it was unlikely that he would respond. The final email to Sam contains a summary of our conversation at church. On September 9, 2012, at 9.58 p.m., Tom Compton wrote, Subject, the $64,000 question, who would Jesus bomb? Sam, your email response evaded my original comments and questions about the nature of a peacemaker as prescribed by Jesus. It prompted me to ask you the $64,000 question, who would Jesus bomb? I was taken back and saddened by your responses. Initially, you claimed that the Bible says nothing about bombing. Technically, that may be correct because bombs weren't around then. But people and governments were killing each other with all kinds of other weapons. Jesus gave two key commands for his followers. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And for good measure he threw in. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 43-45 When you explain that Iranians are not lovable and want war, I thought I was listening to a disciple of a Fox News anti-Muslim pro-war talking head, not a follower of Jesus Christ. I felt your final response to my second asking of the $64,000 question didn't ring true. It seemed like you said, no one, just to get rid of me. Relax, Sam. I'll not bother you again. It's between you and God now. You may want to pray during the election cycle that no one else asks you the $64,000 question. I'll be praying that our leaders will become peacemakers, 
uh, serial war makers wanting to further prop up the U.S. war-based economy with another unjust war. Toward the straight gate, Tom Compton. Thank you, Leslie. Uh, um, This was not an easy thing for me to do here. You don't want to challenge people, and I don't know if there's any way to reconcile with this person, but it does show what's happening in a lot of our churches. These issues are non-issues with so many people, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we live in this world, and so my understanding is to apply these principles and teaching that we've learn from the Bible and what Jesus has given us to our lives. If we can't do this, what good is the Bible? Anybody else would like to make some comments, yeah, uh, Chuck or Travis? Tom, what you have here is is an exchange that happens to us just about every day that we actually go out and stick our neck out and talk to someone in an evangelical church. And we can avoid these conversations by just not saying anything. I've had occasions when I have done that, and I regretted it. I let things like this go by. You didn't let it go by. So you're to be congratulated that you actually did take some action because you could shrug your shoulders and say, well, what? what's the harm of everybody praying for 40 days for the election? Well, the harm is that you know what John Hagee is praying for, and whether or not your friend Sam knows what John Hagee is all about or not, he should. He ought to actually look into it. And so when you brought this up, the proper response for him would be to look into, to say, I'll look into what John Hagee prays about and see if I can agree with you or not. Can you tell me more? I mean, this would be a normal response. Of course, his defensive response here leads him then into this trap where he's brought himself down to where he essentially support John Hagee. Did you want to say something, Leslie? Yes. When the last miracle that Jesus performed was when Peter sliced off the ear of someone that was trying to arrest Jesus. And Jesus healed that ear and said, those who live by the sword die by the sword. And that is so true. Yes. It's as if people don't realize the consequences of living by the sword or ignoring the sword and calling for a war, the prayer that John Hagee did on the Benny Hinn show, it was a half-hour program, and this was near the end, this prayer, but the, how anyone that calls himself a Christian could justify calling, in essence, for the, the death of innocent people, as I pointed out in my piece here, there are higher percentages of civilians killed in these wars. I mean, there's been estimates of up to 90% civilian casualties in places like Iraq. Yes, Leslie? I just don't think it's a Christian's job to kill anybody. We're supposed to bring people to the Lord. Well, that's right. And I think some Christians feel that if they talk about some of these things, they're somehow going to get away from their job of bringing people to the Lord. But if you can't be a good example what the Lord has told us to do, and if you ignore these things that go on in the world, there's a lot of evil going on, but we should be reflecting the light of, of Jesus. In a consistent way. Yes. Well, Tom, the remark I want to finish up with is this. You picked 
a great question to ask him. People like Sam have a hundred little Bible verses tucked away that they can quote. But when you ask him the question, who would Jesus bomb, you were taking Jesus' words and capsulizing them and then putting it all into the current here and now in, in a way that, that he couldn't cope with. And so what he did is he made a, a really foolish, outrageous statement and ended up saying that the Iranian people were not human because they're not lovable and therefore they, 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 they don't qualify. And this, this shows us that the Zionist movement has taken Christ followers, who maybe have been Christ followers for a long time, and converted them into apologists for killing by Israel, especially by Israel, of course, in the case of Israel, and they have this special idea that Israel is absolved of any responsibility for its acts, for the reasons that they go on to state. So your little question, who would Jesus bomb, has proven over and over again to be a dynamite question that nobody really has an answer for, and that exposes people like Sam in front of other people. And I think well, this, this was a we private conversation between Sam and myself, and I don't know if anybody overheard me when I was talking to him, but it, it shows the aberrant thinking is all I can think of. It shows that we've been told in the Bible by various people, Paul and Christ, that we're not to be of this world. And the problem, of course, is we're still, we're all humans, we're in the world, and we're getting all the propaganda from our media uh, about these wars. It's patriotic to support the war. So Sam probably thinks that I'm unpatriotic and against uh, the, the wars that we've been sold as being just wars, wars of liberation to liberate these people for democracy and all these lies of the world that we have to filter out. So... People don't want to filter these things out. They want to have, like you said, all these different verses that they can go to and point to. Well, you cornered Sam, and Sam contradicted Jesus directly. Jesus said, love your brother, love your enemy, even your enemy. How can you go any further than that? And Sam comes out and says that they're not lovable. He he would know instantly that he did it. So good job. You picked the perfect way to, to confront him. You asked him. Well, well he didn't win he the no $64,000 question. No, he didn't. It's, and it's sad, but this is, uh, as a bit of history here, we'd recommend going back, and it's on our website, to read Chuck's report, Sherry's War. And this was written, what, 12 years ago? It had to be about 12 years ago or more. That way, yeah. And Sherry is a Christian Zionist at a local church here in Phoenix, and so Chuck interviewed her, and so there was a, a big dialogue. He was able to actually dialogue with Sherry. I don't know if I'll be able to dialogue anymore with Sam. I think the conversation may be closed there. And well, you might need Chuck to take it out in public because this is serious business, and that's the question. Do you just drop these things, or do you take it up in public and make a public issue of it? And uh, that's the question each one of us has to answer in our own minds. And so sure. this this kind of segues into a new campaign that we we thought about and talked about to launch. We've done our vigils 
outside of close to 100 churches now for the past over 10 years, maybe people need to start doing their own mini vigils inside the church. And Chuck came up with the idea of a little button, maybe a two and a half inch diameter button that says, who would Jesus bomb? And wear that to church and see if anybody notices. And if they ask you, you've got all kinds, if you just listen to this broadcast a couple of times, you got all kinds of answers there that right. uh, you could ask them about, well, where in Jesus' teaching would he condone bombing? We ought to acknowledge where this idea came from. About three weeks ago, uh, I did a two-man vigil in Washington, D.C., in front of a church that had 20,000 members, and probably ten or 12,000 of those people were in attendance that day. And of all of those, only two or three actually came out and talked to us. And one man was so moved by our little sign that says, Who would Jesus bomb? that he came out to tell us that he was going to have that tattooed on his arm. He was even going to have him put a little bomb on there. And he wanted to put it right in his forearm where he could hold his arm up and, sh- and show people uh, that he met what that, that little statement because he said, and this is approximately what he said, it's the essence of the conflict between Christianity and war. Leslie. Well, it's a, it's a point that Chuck's brought up several times, and that's being consistent as a Christian, and that is if we're pro-life, if we, if we value life, then how can we condone war, or shall we say, as Christians, to condone war? Well, these Christians like Sam, I think, can compartmentalize these things. They can look at all the Bible verses, and they're praying to God and all this stuff, and in their lives they're followers of Jesus Christ. But that's where they have to recognize that maybe I have been deceived, and we're all deceived. I've been deceived on many things, and I think that's what followers of Jesus Christ should recognize. I believe that's the answer, and I I believe, Tom, your next comment is to, to Sam is should be something like, Sam, you don't have the answer to who would Jesus bomb, and that indicates that you've been deceived by somebody. You need to be the one who figures out who's deceiving you. And uh, I think you already asked him that in a way, but that is where yes. people have to be brought to. They need to actually consider that. And for our listeners' benefit, we have plenty of information to help you if you want to take action in your church and get involved in our Project Straight Gate program. And you can even call us if you want to. Discuss it or certainly email us. Go to the site uh, and uh, just email us and ask us for, for help, and we will help you carry out these vigils. We've helped other people do it, and it's not very hard. Getting easier all the time. Well, I think so, yes, <laughs> in a way. But there's a big road to go down still, and there's a lot of education and eye-opening that needs to be done. Well, thanks for everybody's input. Appreciate the comments here. And we hope you find this broadcast of uh, interest. And pass it on. Challenge somebody. Blessed are the peacemakers. (laughs) Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video 
Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.